Existing in the world as a social creature, that can be an experience that's full of ambiguity. My single folks out there, you know that your online dates don't always respond to your text messages. How many times have you been on Hinge or Bumble and you go back and forth with two or three messages and people just vanish, right? Uh, For other people, you've had the experience of that friend not returning your call when you reached out and you needed some help. Uh, We've all had the experience of that scowling stranger on the street flashing you a dirty look as they walk past you. These are just normal experiences in life. But what I want you to consider this week is how do you interpret those situations? Do you take it personally? Do you make it about you? Or do you stop to consider that maybe your friend is just overwhelmed and trying to navigate re-entry in the post-vaccination world? Do you stop to consider that that scowling stranger is fighting a battle internally that you don't even know about and they weren't even really looking at you? And do you maybe stop to give your online date the benefit of the doubt that they're interested but not trying to show too much interest? Coming up this week on the Life Amplified podcast, we are going to help you get really clear on the difference between being victimized and operating in a victim mentality. Plus, I'm going to give you five questions that you can use to call yourself out so you can give up your victim mentality and thrive in your amplified life. Welcome back. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, Life Reinvention Coach, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. A lot of times when I'm doing a discovery call with a potential new client, and this is especially true when people are reaching out to me about work-related problems, they tend to operate from a story or a paradigm that says, I am undervalued where I'm at and I need to escape. It's not unusual for people to share with me, Dan, I'm doing the work of like three to four people. I'm not even getting paid fully for one person's work. My boss doesn't appreciate me. I'm not valued. They don't see how much I'm giving. And I will typically ask as a follow-up question, is this a familiar pattern in your life? And more often than not, I'd say 80 to 90% of the time, people will tell me, well, yeah, I don't really feel valued in my marriage, a romantic relationship. I don't feel valued by my children. Uh, I feel taken advantage of by my parents or by my family. And it can certainly show up in friendships as well. So if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably done enough personal development work to know if you're having a problem in one area or one relationship in your life, that may very well be about the other person. But if the same issue is showing up in every relationship in your life, you're the common denominator and it is time to look in the mirror. Now, researcher Rahav Gabay and her colleagues define victim mentality as an ongoing feeling that the self is a victim and it's generalized across many types of relationships to the point where victimization becomes a central part of a person's identity. 
People who are living in victim mentality tend to have an external locus of control. They believe that their life is entirely under the control of forces outside of themselves. Now, that might be the mercy of other people. It might be a partner, a boss. Many times they believe that uh, they have no control, that it's all about fate, luck, or when worse comes to worse, they will blame God or the universe for punishing them. Now, when you dig into some of the clinical research that exists about victim mentality, you find four main components. Uh, the, The first one is constantly seeking recognition for one's victimhood. That was a huge element for me. Uh, all through my college years, my 20s, and into my early to mid-30s. I'll talk more about that in a bit. Uh, The second component is some sort of moral high ground or moral superiority. A person with a victim mentality thinks that they're so much more morally evolved and everybody around them just doesn't have ethics or integrity. The third component uh, can be frequently obsessing about past victimizations which can lead to the fourth component, uh, which is that we're so focused on ourselves, we can lack empathy for the pain and suffering of others. Now, you're a longtime listener to this podcast, more than likely. You know that this is a trauma-informed show and that my coaching is trauma-informed. So I want to be very clear here that a victim mentality and victimization or suffering trauma are two entirely different components, and they are not mutually exclusive. There are people who operate under a victim mentality who have not suffered severe trauma in their life. Meanwhile, there are people who have gone through unspeakable, insufferable amounts of trauma who do not take on a victim mindset after the fact. So when we talk about this idea of seeking recognition for one's victimhood, uh, that can be a very useful first step in helping us heal our trauma. What we need is to give voice to what happened to us and have an empathetic witness. You know, one of the things I didn't bargain for when I started my coaching practice six years ago, and I just thought it was going to be this guy who helped people find their purpose. And I was having so many conversations with clients who were speaking up for the very first time, about traumatic abuse in their past. And I am not a therapist by trade, but so often just being able to hear somebody and to say, I believe you, and I'm so sorry that happened, that in and of itself can help people shift out of the trauma of the past. So we're not saying that seeking recognition of victimhood is necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it's a normal part of the therapeutic process for a victim to want a perpetrator to take responsibility for wrongdoing and express feelings of guilt. But the fundamental difference that we want to understand is that victimization is an incident. It is a moment in time. At worst possible scenario, it can be a period of our life. But victim mentality becomes an identity. It's where we see ourselves as forever broken and we create a model of the world that says every other person around us is out to victimize us. So I hope you can understand and appreciate where I'm coming from here. We are certainly not victim shaming on this podcast. It is not what we do, but this is about taking personal responsibility for your life 
in creating your path forward. I'd like to think that some of the questions we're going to share coming up in a little bit are a great companion piece to the podcast I did earlier this year. That episode was from February 2nd. It's called The Number One Decision to Guarantee Your Success This Year, and it was all about personal responsibility. So in many ways, this is just a companion piece to that. Two other important points when it comes to this idea of victim consciousness. Number one, we can absorb that belief system through the collective. If you look at what's going on in our American political system, if you look at the campaign in 2020, we're competing in the victimhood Olympics. You got one group of people over here, one group of people over here. One side says they're victimized, persecuted, and oppressed, and it's the other group's fault. Yet the other group is saying, well, how dare you try to cancel us and you're the real problem. We just get into this huge blame loop. And even though it's playing out at the macro level with our leaders, it happens at the micro level. You know, how many times did you complain that you were attacked by somebody in your life uh, because of a belief system uh, or, or your own political beliefs or convictions? Yet, if you're being honest with yourself, weren't you putting up some snarky worded responses in Facebook posts uh, blaming people who didn't agree with you? So it, we just end up in this endless cycle. And because it's happening in the collective, we can absorb that energy and bring it into our day-to-day life. The second thing as it pertains to victim mentality is a lot of times these things can be absorbed through ancestral lineage. These patterns of victimhood can be passed down generation to generation. Now, one of the journeys I've been on over the course of the almost four years we've been together on this podcast is healing my relationship with my mother which in 2017, I would have told you was completely impossible back when we were doing the initial episodes on this podcast. But uh, we did reconcile a couple of years ago. And there was a huge piece of my life from about ages 27 to 42 where my mom was not part of my life. I had to cut her out uh, because that was the healthiest thing for me in that moment. And yet, as we've conversed more After the work that I've done on myself and just what I'd like to think is possessing a higher amount of maturity and emotional intelligence, my mom shared some things with me about her life that I couldn't have heard back in my mid-20s. I was too stuck in finding the significance about the pain that my mother caused me to really see the bigger picture. But, you know, one of the things that she shared with me is growing up as a child You know, her parents, my grandparents were in a completely toxic marriage and relationship where there was all sorts of abuse and you fuel alcohol on top of it. It made things worse. But, you know, my mom told me a story about uh, my grandmother taking her down the streets of Chicago and passing all the bars on the street and pointing inside saying, do you see all those men in there? They're all scumbags. They're all cheating on their wives. You can't trust any man. And that was very much a reflection of, I'm sure, some of the victim mentality my grandmother was carrying about her marriage, because the reality is she didn't have to stay in that environment. There was a part of her that chose to. But because that message was absorbed into my mom that you can't rely on a man, you can't trust a man, 
she brought a lot of that into her marriage with my father. You know, there was always a lot of tension and lots of accusations flying around. And it also informed the way that my mom raised me. So many of the elements of my childhood, you know, my mom grew up in a home where she was hurt by so many masculine men. So she wanted to raise a son that would be safe according to her trauma pattern, which was to raise me to be submissive, which is anytime, particularly in my teenage years, when I came up into my masculine energy, that was a threat to my mom. It was usually met with some sort of physical abuse and verbal abuse in the home. I couldn't have understood these things so many years ago, but I get it now. And because I've been able to step into a place of forgiveness with my mom, I can sort of see the big picture on why things went down in my childhood the way that it did. Now, it doesn't make it right. It's not giving a green light to anything that happened. But in me stepping into that forgiveness, it just releases me from all the victim mentality that I carried for years. Because I was a guy all through college, all through my 20s, early 30s, that was, you know, operating, just repeating these toxic patterns in my relationships because I was a guy who was not fully showing up in my masculine energy. I was afraid to make a decision. I was afraid that if I spoke up that that was going to hurt a woman. So I was sort of this passive guy, which meant that a lot of good women just saw me as a pushover. They didn't want any part of that. And I kept attracting uh, types who very much wanted to control me and, and saw me as a doormat in many ways. And what did I do? I lived in a place for so long blaming my childhood and blaming my family. So one of the biggest tools that was able to really release me from that pattern uh, was A, in, in doing my own internal work, taking personal responsibility for my life. But man, the icing on that cake was finding forgiveness and making a choice to forgive if for no other reason than to release myself from all the stories and beliefs that I had about me that kept playing out in my day-to-day -day life. But what I can tell you is, and I see this in my practice all the time, when people are living in a victim mentality, it's almost like they struggle to think for themselves. They're operating by collective beliefs. They're operating by generations of family trauma and all these outside forces that are almost thinking through them. And the thought process always boils down to why me? Why do people do these things to me? Why do these things happen to me, which is totally operating at the level of effect in our life and not taking responsibility to operate at cause. And it also keeps us in a series of coping behaviors. We start developing coping mechanisms and habits that get in the way of us evolving into a next level of greatness. What do those habits look like? Well, we talked about blame. First and foremost, if you are blaming other people in your life, there is a subtle victim consciousness underneath that. But there is also gossip. There is incessant worry where we project all the issues of our life in the moment into the future. You could say that we start catastrophizing our life. And because we're always preparing for this unknown negative future, what ends up happening, you know what they say, where focus goes, energy flows, we just end up recreating the same unwanted events in our lives. We live reaction to reaction 
And if you have a model of life that says life is about problem solving, guess what? You're always going to be searching for another problem in your life. So there's a great quote from Michael Bernard Beckwith who says, pain will push you until the vision pulls you, right? We will continue to manufacture these same experiences falling into the same patterns and it will show up at work and it will show up in relationships. It will show up with your children until you start to create a better vision for your life and a better way of operating. So with all that being said, I'd like to move into five questions that you can use to call yourself out on any subconscious victim mentality that is running your life. And the first place that we want to look at is what blame have you been placing on other people that you can take some accountability for? And notice where the places are where your ego wants to jump in and tell you that you shouldn't take accountability. You know, the normal response here is, well, Dan, it's not my fault that I have to work all these overtime hours. My boss is forcing me to. I'm like, well, anytime we start using language of I have to, I need to, I should, that's subtly some victim mentality going on there because what it is doing is not recognizing the fact that we always have a choice. You could say no to a 60-hour work week. Now, I'm not telling you that your boss is going to be thrilled about that or that they might not let you go if you said no. I, I can't promise you that, but I'm simply acknowledging that you have a choice in every matter to say no. A lot of times when I work with couples and it, we get into relationship conflict, it is easy to get into blame about they didn't do this they, they didn't do that. They're not giving me this. And a lot of times I will ask, well, did you bring this up? Did you specifically ask your partner for what you wanted? And then they'll sort of back down and be like, well, I, I mean, kind of. I mean, I shot him a dirty look. I made a passive aggressive comment. He should have figured it out. Well, and I can tell you, especially if you are a woman who's upset with a man, we are simple creatures. Sometimes we just need directions to the bathroom to figure it out. I was uh, working with a couple in one of my group coaching programs one time when we did the relationship module. And the woman was so upset that her husband agreed that he was going to clean the kitchen and do the dishes. And she got home at 6 p.m. and it wasn't done. But his counterpoint to that is, well, of course I was going to do it. I just didn't know she wanted it done before 6 p.m. She should have told me, right? So there were places where the communication and the expectations were not explicitly set. And then it creates a big communications meltdown. So there are places where you're not being specific in asking for what you need. Are you a person who is blaming your family or your kids? for why you're not really pursuing your dreams. You know, are you operating from a mentality that says, well, I have to keep working to earn a living. Trust me, if you're saying that, by the way, your kids are hearing it and you're creating a whole new generation of clients for me who end up growing up feeling like a burden because mom and dad weren't happy because they had kids. I've seen that dynamic play out with so many of my current clients, but Start to get clear, who am I blaming and what can I actually take accountability for? Now, the second question I want you to consider to call yourself out 
and help you break away from victim mentality is, are there places that my own insecurities are affecting the way I'm viewing the situation? I was just coaching somebody the other day uh, in the office where they're really uh, drowning in some work and taking on a project that isn't necessarily in their zone of genius. And what they really need is more direction and help uh, from their boss. But they're so terrified to ask for help because they have insecurities that say, well, if I ask for help, I will be viewed as weak and I can't do it. But then it's also creating more resentment at the job that they're not getting the support that they need, right? So total victim mentality happening there when you're not speaking up and asking for what you want, and it's all rooted in some insecure thinking. Third question to help you escape victim mentality and take back control of your life. What parts of yourself do you see in the person that you're criticizing? We talked earlier that one of the big components of a victimization mentality is that idea of moral superiority, that we see ourselves as supremely moral and everybody around us just has no ethics at all. But you have to understand that that is a defense mechanism against really painful emotions. And it is a way for us to maintain a positive self-image. You know, that is what the ego is there for. So as a result, what we tend to do is deny our own aggressiveness or destructive impulses, and we just project that out onto other people, right? Because that person is being threatening, whereas the self is just vulnerable, persecuted, but still morally superior. Another practical example on this, just in real life terms, I had a woman who you know, was very much living in a story that, well, I cannot leave my career. I make too much money. I'm the breadwinner for the family. But it, here's a place where she was getting really aggressive with a girlfriend of hers who was perpetually changing careers. It, like always had like some new MLM or some new passion she was pursuing. And the one that was really, really triggering for the client in particular was that her friend became a waist trainer. Waste is in stomach, not trash. And I'm not even sure what a waste trainer is. <laughs> I don't even know what that's all about. But she was so upset, literally just getting angry about who does this bitch think she is that she can just change a career whenever she wants and just call herself something else. But what was the real trigger is my client wanted so badly to pursue these other passions in her life and was living in a story that she was not able to. So there was a lot of persecution, right? And a lot of attacking the person when in fact it was just representing a mirror of her own unmet internal needs when it came to her career. So those are the first three questions to call yourself out on. What blame have you been placing on someone else that it's time that you take some personal accountability for? How are your insecurities affecting the way that you're viewing the situation? What parts of yourself do you see in the person that you're criticizing? The fourth question, are you more concerned with being right or evolving as a human being? <laughs> oh, oh, that one's tough. And I'll be honest, there are relationships in my life where I have found forgiveness and let go. And there are other places in my life where I'm very much still living on the moral superiority bandwagon. 
and where I am hanging on with persecuting the other person. Now, there is one key family relationship in my life where I recognize my part of it, and I have apologized for my part of it, but I've been wanting literally for three years for the other person to admit their piece of it, and they just don't do it at all. And that's still something that I'm working through, right? That's a growth point for me this year. But, you know, the other way that you can look at this, uh, that you can look at this is, do you want to be right or do you want to be loving? And knowing that the thing that we're withholding from other people, when wherever we're withholding love to others, we're really just withholding it from ourselves. Damn it. Now this has inspired me that I actually have to make this something I have to follow through on, right? There's a relationship I need to go clean up this week. Got to practice what I preach. But hey, I'm not just a teacher here on the podcast. I'm also a student. And and I recognize how tricky that these patterns are, right? Because at some point, our egos will get in the way of our healing and our personal growth. So the fifth question that you should call yourself out on to get out of victim mentality and reclaim your life is what hard conversation have you been avoiding with yourself? I don't have a lot of additional coaching on that. I think it's a great self-reflection question for you. But where have you been in avoidance? Where are you not being honest? Uh, Where are you lying to yourself and trying to put on rose-colored glasses, but you also know that it's not working for you and that there's a level of personal responsibility that you have to take. You have to look yourself in the mirror and have, and this might be about your career right now. Maybe you've just been trying to hang on to the golden handcuffs and get another round of stock options or get another bonus, but you know that the job is killing you. It could be that over the past year in lockdown, you've realized there were some cracks in your relationship, but it's turned into gaping craters now. And it's time to either address that and get some help, or it might be time to leave. I don't know what that is for you, but it's something that you definitely should reflect on this week. And I guess I'd leave you with one more thought this week. Ultimately, if we're leaving behind a victimhood mindset, well, where is the compass pointing us? Where are we going? And I believe it's a personal growth mindset. You know, we've talked about so many of the socialization processes that can give us a victim mindset, right? It happens culturally. It happens in the news. It's definitely happening all over social media. It happens in our families. But if we can socialize people to live in a powerless state of blame or, or looking to the external world to change before, we're, before we take responsibility to create the lives that we want, certainly we can instill in people a personal growth mindset that we can teach people and have the conversation from a very young age that the trauma you've experienced doesn't have to define you, that it's possible to be victimized at some point in our life and also not make that our very identity, that it's even possible for many people to grow from trauma. You know, if you want to go way back into the archives, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done is with my dear friend Connie Lawrence, who talks about this journey from being a victim to survivor and ultimately becoming a change maker, that we can transmute that pain of the past and use it in service of our purpose. 
So, you know, you can go back, um, you know, to the to the summer of 2018 and find that episode. But it is possible that the things that have hurt us can also help us become a better person, that we can use those experiences to instill hope and possibility into other people who are going through the same thing. And this one seems like a really far stretch, but would it be possible for us to teach people that it's okay to be proud of your political beliefs, whatever group that you're in, without necessarily extending hatred to people who are not in that same group and share the same beliefs? Because the truth is, not everybody in the world is out to get you. And you certainly don't live in a hostile universe with an angry God who is punishing you. Now, that's one of the other things that we didn't really get to in this episode, but I have talked about it in the past. Uh, you know, I, I keep giving you all sorts of great podcast recommendations if you want to go deeper into a topic. But last year, we did an episode called How to Stop Relating to the Universe Like Your Moody Parent. The universe is simply just an energy of unconditional love. That's what God is, is unconditional love. And so often we think of God in a human form as this force who's like journaled and, and written down every misstep that we've ever had. And somehow we're being punished for all the sins of our childhood. And that's just, that's not the case. And it's not a helpful place to operate from. But if you believe that you're being punished, by God or the universe, you'll just end up punishing yourself. You'll never allow yourself to invite in love. You'll never allow yourself to go pursue your dreams because there's this part of you that thinks, man, if my higher power can't love me, how could anybody else love me? I can't be seen for who I am. So we end up just hiding and creating the circumstances of the punishment. These are all things that we can move beyond, though. And, you know, wherever you're at, and I guarantee every person listening to this podcast today, there is some area in your life, there's one relationship, there is one, whether it be at work, at home with your kids, there is some place where you're keeping a victim mentality. And I know that there are places in my life where I recognize that I'm doing it and, and still growth opportunities, but you can move beyond it, right? This isn't your destiny. And having the right mentorship in your corner can help you very quickly take back your power and start creating the results that you want in your life instead of just recreating the same problems over and over. If there's anything that I can do to help you with that, you can go to my website, apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also have the Amplified Monthly Membership Group Program, but you can fill out an application. We'll talk about both creativesoulcoaching.net is where you go for that. If the podcast serves you this week, could you please screenshot this, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can tag me at CSC Dan Mason. Don't forget to get up in my DMs. Let me know what your breakthroughs and takeaways were. Don't forget, give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app or whichever platform that you are listening on. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I love you. I'll talk to you next week.